on my studying. Because, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not. But it's the, the more I delve in, the more I get. And the more I get, the more I delve in. And the more I delve in, the more I, you know, say just, you have to tell the Holy Ghost, okay, oh, slow down. Deuteronomy 8, verse 7 through 10. You have that? All right, let's read together. Ready to read. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a, a what? Say it again. A good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land in whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. So we're going into a good land. And this land will eat without scarcity and we will lack nothing. Thank you, Lord. We are on part four of this lacking nothing. Amen. Let's declare uh, revelation request over this, uh, over this word today. You ready? Let's go. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour out your spirit upon me and make known your words to me. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of. In Jesus' name. You may take your seats. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we're talking again about lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Praise God. He said when we get to this good land, you will lack nothing. You know, so many people are so accustomed to lack that they can't imagine abundance. They're so accustomed to always lacking, always being short, always having not enough that it's hard to imagine um, abundance. And so, because they're used to that, they think it's crazy for uh, someone to preach abundance or preach prosperity to people who are poor, people who are in lack. And yet... Jesus, Luke 4.18, preached the gospel or the good news or the rewards of the good news to the poor. He preached prosperity to the poor. He didn't preach prosperity to the rich. The Bible says God has chosen those poor in this world to be rich in faith or to get rich through faith. So Jesus preached prosperity to the poor. Y'all, y'all want to sleep just that quick? Moses, God sends Moses to Egypt to the children of God, the people of God who were slaves in Egypt and told them to preach prosperity. God didn't send Moses down there to tell them, hey, just, you know, make the best, you know, do the best you can while you're slaves. Just, you know, try to make things comfortable as you can. When he sent him down there to uh, Egypt, to the, his people, preached that I'm taking them into a good land. Right. Right. Now, we're reading here in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 8, 
about a good land, but that's, at that point, they're on the brink of it. But back in Exodus 3, God told him, I'm going to send you there into this, into this good land. I see my people, they're afflicted, they're poor, they're miserable. But I'm going to take them into a good land. So God wants to take you and me into a good land. And he, he in fact, he, he intentionally sends his message to the, to the least likely to succeed. Let me just throw this in there. We've not, we've not in, in, in the black church heard a lot about this kind of stuff. We swing low, sweet chariot, come in to carry me home. And so the best people have hoped for in the black church is, well, if, if you can, get you a good education. If you go get you a degree, knowledge is power. That's what they teach. But what they don't teach is that knowledge puffeth up. So what's happening in the black community is people have gotten knowledge, but now they've gotten puffed up. Now they don't need God. So what happens is black folk now are, are, are striving to get to the middle class and get a cap on them because that's what their knowledge can do. But you and I are so blessed because God would afford us the privilege of hearing this kind of message that's not, that's, that's not tied to your education. In other words, if you sitting here and all you did was go to third grade and you quit, God can still make you rich beyond your wildest dreams. You didn't come from a good pedigree. You don't have any business skill in the world. I'm going to help somebody here. Because God doesn't need your business to make you rich. I'm not against, y'all know I'm not against business. I teach plenty on business. I've helped a lot of folk in business. But your business is just a tool. We walk by faith and not by sight. Give me 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5 real quick. 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5. I'll get into this in a second. For whatever is born of God, we shall overcome. No, you overcame voter's block. You overcame some Jim Crow laws. You overcame having to sit at the back of the bus. You overcame not being able to stay in certain hotels. But you've not overcome the world. Y'all ain't like this here. Am I messing with y'all's civil rights movement? I'm bothering the civil rights movement, Jasmine. I'm sorry. You've not overcome the world. You've overcome some political uh, blockages. 
But you've not overcome the world until you've been born of God. And then it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So until you get over in faith, not based on what your good degree from an HBCU can do, but until you get over in faith, you will not overcome the world. Because folk got plenty of degrees and still sick and dying in the hospitals. You ain't overcome the world yet. Plenty of degree and your marriage can't stay together. You ain't overcome the world yet. Put a degree and you got, you got plenty of car and plenty of house, but it's all debt. You ain't overcome the world. Y'all don't like that. Plenty of car, plenty of house, but it's all debt. You have not overcome the world. The world has overcome you. Because it's not what you do by your flesh. It's what you do by faith that overcomes the world. Your faith overcomes the world. Your faith. I, don't, I didn't come to preach faith today, but I feel I got to share this with you. Your faith overcomes the world. The flesh profits nothing. John 6, 63. The spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So your flesh isn't going to do it. All flesh is grass. And the grass withers and the flower fades away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Well, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So when you, when you get, the more words you get, the more words you believe, the more words you activate, the more your faith grows, and more your faith grows, the more you overcome the world. So now you get out of debt, out of sickness, out of disease, out of divorce. But faith's got to do it. Give me 1 Thessalonians 3. And verse 11. Three, no, go, go back to verse 10. Go back to verse 10 somewhere. 9, 10. Give me verse 9. Verse 9. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? This is Paul talking to the church of Thessalonica. But I want you to hear uh, your pastor, pastors, talking to you. For what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? Verse 10. Night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face on Sunday and every Wednesday. And any other time you'll, you'll let us. And perfect what is lacking in your faith. Uh-oh. We just found that if you have lack in any area of your life, one of the things we got to deal with is what's lacking in your faith. Because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our Come on, even our faith. faith. So if your faith is shoddy, if your faith has um, uh, deficiencies in it, then it stands to reason your life. Maybe I better go back and preach Psalm 23. Your life will have deficiencies. 
So we've got to go back to what overcomes the world is my faith, not how much I can work. I'm not sure I'm in the right churches now. I better... Is it is it two three six one on the door, brother Dwight? Is that y'all? Is it's two three? Okay, I'm making sure. I thought this was Macedonia again or something. I don't know what happened here. I mean, I'm talking about faith to faith people, right? So I got to find out what's lacking in my faith. So we're talking about lacking nothing. But if your faith has lack, then you're going to have some lack in your life. But if you, can, if you can fill up and satisfy the lack in your faith, you'll start to fill up and satisfy all the lack in every area of your life. So faith comes, Romans 10, 17, by hearing, and hearing comes by the, the preached Revelation of God. So if you have a lack in your life today in any area, whether it's in your finances, in your body, in your marriage, in, in your, in your, 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 with your children, uh, in your career, in, in your education, whatever, if you, if you have a lack in any area of your life, it will behoove you today to sit up and pay attention to a guy who doesn't have any lack. Who do you think he is? I'm a guy that doesn't have any lack. I've taken the time to, to, to make sure I didn't have any lack. And whenever I discover from time to time there is a lack area in my faith, I, I, I got to dig in the word more. I'm not telling you I've already arrived. I'm not telling you I've already attained. But I'm not lacking. Got it? Yes, so y'all ready to get to work? Yes, sir. All right, now, we should have no lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. No lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. There should be no lack in any area of my life whatsoever. Say it. There should be no lack in any area of my life Not physically, not spiritually, not emotionally, not financially, not, financially, not relationally, not in any area. There should be no lack in any area of my life. If I tolerate lack in any area, it'll manifest in every area. You're not in a lack kingdom. You don't serve a lack God. You're in an abundance kingdom. You serve an abundance God. El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. So you should not have any money lack. Now y'all already know I'm going to teach on money today, right? There should be no spiritual lack. I've been teaching on that here. No physical lack. Thank you, Lord. Woke up this morning. I got up to go pray early this morning. Like I normally do, and I, I'm out there trying to pray, I'm in praise, and I'm just, I'm like dizzy. I'm like, whoa, what in the world? I'm, I'm trying to make my little coffee, you know, because I, I drink a little coffee. Just, I don't, I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I, you know, it's early in the morning, early. 
While y'all still asleep, I'm up praying for you. Seven days a week. And not just because I got to go to church today. Seven days a week. And, and so I'm, I'm making my coffee. I'm like, whoa, this is kind of, that, that don't feel good. And I'm going, I, I know what's happening. It's the devil. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, I, and I knew it. I knew it, baby, right? I knew it from the jump. Man, God sent me a big word yesterday. Had my man of God, our man of God call us. Gave him a supernatural prophetic word for us that he would say he was going to wait until, until October to share with us, and the Lord wouldn't let him. I got to call and share it with you now. And what he, what he gave us was something God put on us, but it was for you. It wasn't for us. It's something God's put on us, but it's for you. Any anointing that comes on you is not for you. The anointing that comes on you is for somebody else. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. And that's, I, I do, when we got on the phone with him, I told, told my wife and my kids, I said, you remember what I said when we walked out of Gucci? Yes, sir. This was just confirming everything I just said when we walked out of Gucci. I'll tell you in time. But you're in the right house, I can tell you that. <laughs> You'll be glad to stay with it. So we, we're not supposed to lack any good thing. Got it? Now, give me Psalm 34, verse 10. I'm not going to read the whole passage we've been reading. I just want you to see this one verse here. Psalm 34, verse 10. It says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack what? So if you and I seek the Lord, we shall not lack any, any good thing, any area of our lives. You understand that? That's nothing. Got it? Now, that word good, I hadn't, hadn't defined it for you, but I pulled that word good. I told you it's the word tov. I knew that. I told you all that. But I pulled uh, what the concordance said were uh, words that fit into that definition of good. Put, up, put that up on the screen for me, please. Beautiful. So you and I shouldn't lack any beautiful thing. This word good is best. Best. I'm learning that, man. Better. Bountiful. We should not like any bountiful thing. Means cheerful, fine. Yeah, fine china, fine linen, fine clothing, fine dining, fine uh, automobiles. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this in here. This is just me. fine wife. Y'all ain't say nothing. Y'all don't like that. Y'all ain't say that, did y'all? Y'all ain't say nothing. I bet some man ought to say something. He that finds a wife finds a, a fine thing. 
Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Pleasant. Did I skip? Did I, did I, did I say rich? Rich, pleasant, precious, prosperous, sweet. So we shouldn't like sweet in our lives. My marriage should be sweet. My children and me should have a sweet relationship. My lifestyle should be sweet. My walk with God should be sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Now listen, listen, listen. Y'all listen to me. I want you to get out of your head every broke down, busted Christian you've ever seen. I'm separating you today from every broke down, busted, frustrated Christian you ever known. I'm, I'm pulling you apart. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I am prophetically pulling you apart, separating you from every broke down, busted, disgusted, look broke down Christian you've ever known in your life. I'm pulling you apart. You're going to walk in a whole different category, a whole different lifestyle, a whole different manner of living. Because the world needs to see some Christians who not broke down, busted, disgusted, begging, borrowing, cheating, having to just barely get by, talking about how good God is. Good? God is good, beautiful, best, better, balanceable, cheerful, fine, glad, good, rich, pleasant, precious, prosperous, and sweet. You're right, he is a good God. He's a good God. I said he's a good God. Your Bible says that he is good, and the Bible says he does good. And it says he's good to all. Now, so God promised the children of Israel a good land while they were back in Egypt. I don't have time to read it. Exodus 3, verse 7 and 8. God told, told Moses, I'm going to take them into this land. All right? Now, back in Deuteronomy 8, verse 7 through 9. Glory to God. Y'all stick with me today. I'm not going to finish again today, I know, but I'm going to get, I'm going to, we going to, I want to help you. <laughs> I want to help you. So Deuteronomy 8, verse 7 through 9, they were still in the wilderness. Everybody say wilderness. wilderness. Now, if you were here Wednesday night, some of y'all got offended, you got upset, but it's a good offended and a good upset if you, if you, if you let it get you mad. But I'm going to help you today. I'm, I'm going to relieve even some of your pressure from Wednesday. Notice again. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 7 through 9, they were in the wilderness, and he said, The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. Now, at this point, when he's talking to them, they're on the edge of the promised land. They, they can see the promised land from here. Spies have already looked out and seen it. They've already gone and visited. They're that close. But he's just telling them where they're going, but they're still in the wilderness. He said, but in the wilderness, I'm, on, I'm telling you, I'm taking you to a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. Keep going. Keep going. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. That's all rich stuff here. If you understand, okay, a land of olive oil and honey. Land of olive oil and honey. If you go back, don't do this, but if you go back in, in Exodus 3, 7 and 8, uh, when God's first talking to Moses, he said, I'm taking him to a land flowing with milk and honey. Milk and honey. 
indicative of, of wealth. If you were to, were to Google the phrase milk and honey, by definition today, even in our common, day, uh, common uh, everyday vernacular, milk and honey implies wealth and abundance. Among the heathen, if they say milk and honey, they're talking about wealth and abundance. And God said to the children of Israel, that's what I'm taking in the land um, flowing with milk and honey. Now, y'all know what produces honey, right? Bees. Now, bees, the reason why they're going to have this wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates is because the bees are pollinating everything. He said it's flowing with milk and honey, which means there's going to be a lot of this milk from, from the cows and honey from the bees. So he's talking about a place where there's not scarcity at all. No lack. It's full of abundance on every side. Then verse, verse 9, verse 9, glory to God. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. That's the point I want you to get you to see. A land in which you will lack nothing. Now, let me help out the people who were here on Wednesday night. Because I set you up. I asked everybody if you were to survey most people in the body of Christ and ask them, where are you? Are you in Egypt? Are you in the wilderness? Are you in the promised land? 98% of people in the body of Christ would say, I'm in the wilderness right now. Because they're going to say, oh, hey, I'm not in the promised land yet. I may not be where I want to be. I thank God I'm not where I used to be. That's how common, that everybody learned that testimony in, you know, early on in your Christian day. May not be where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I used to be. So I haven't reached my promised land yet, but I'm not in Egypt anymore. Well, let's check out Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 7. Because... Because he said you're going to a land where you lack nothing. Talking about the promised land. But look in Deuteronomy 2 verse 7. It says, uh, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. He said this implies they're in it still. This great wilderness, these 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked Nothing. So we concluded, just based on what we could read here, is that even in the wilderness, they lacked nothing. So what we surmised was that if you have lack, you are not in the wilderness. You're still back in Egypt. And most of the church is lost on the GPS and don't really know where they are. Claiming to be in the wilderness, but they, they got lack all day long. Praying, trying to make it. Oh, Lord, if I could just get, I just need 35 more dollars, Jesus. Most of the churches in, I mean, when I say church, I'm not, I don't just mean not just the individuals. I'm talking about even the corporate bodies. The corporate bodies, the churches, these little, all these churches, we got hundreds of churches right here in St. Pete. In lack all day long. Come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. No, you're not. You're leaning on the bank or the government or the church members. You said it right. 
And church is talking about we're in the wilderness, we come into the promised land. You're not. You are in Egypt still. And as soon as you can identify properly where you are, once you know where you are, then you can figure out and get help to get where you're trying to be. <laughs> so listen to this. Listen to this. Lack and debt, D-E-B-T, are Egypt conditions. Debt, yes, debt. Why do people get in debt? Because they have a lack of funds. If I have enough for it, I don't need to get in debt for it. Now, I'm not ta- it doesn't matter to me what scale you're talking about, whether I'm borrowing to buy a piece of jewelry or I'm borrowing to buy a house. Whatever it is, the point is I don't have enough for it. $20,000 car? It's $20,000. If I don't have enough, well, they're going to offer me a financing option on it. Right? And that's exactly right. That's the reason why cars cost so much because they make it easy just to finance for it. Right? So I'm not picking on you about being in debt because nobody going to hell about it. Y'all got quiet. And nobody's going to hell about it. You're still God's child. But I'm just telling you what debt represents. What debt, no, what debt is. It's a lack condition. Got it? Uh, tell them I'm not picking on them. I'm, I'm not picking on you. I'm just, I'm just, I just want to make sure we know where we are. Well, if I don't have debt, how am I going to get a car? Well, um, there's a way to get a car without debt. We've got plenty of debt-free cars in this house. My wife and I have two currently. Well, you paid them off? No, they never had debt to begin with. So I'm not, I'm saying it can be done. It can be done. How you get a house? Easily. God can give you a house. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? So I'm not picking on you for where you are. I just want to make sure you understand where you are. Because once you know where you are, now I can help you to get to where God wants you to be. Got it? Okay, so lack and debt are Egypt conditions because there is no I showed you this Wednesday night. There's no lack or debt in the wilderness. The children of Israel, we just read in Deuteronomy 2.7, in the, in the wilderness, they lacked nothing. And in the wilderness, all their debt was gone. All their debt, you all remember this? Before they came out, they borrowed by instruction of God. Now that borrow meant really go take. But the Bible uses the word borrow, so I'm just going to use, use the word borrow so you can relate. I wish I had two people who were listening. To so they borrowed. But by the time they got into the wilderness, wilderness, it was eliminated. So in the wilderness, church, 
There is no lack or debt. We're not even talking about the promised land yet. I'm talking about in the wilderness, there's no lack or debt. So if, if I have lack or debt, I'm not in the wilderness. I'm in Egypt. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go to Exodus 13. I'm going to show you something here. This is going to help some of y'all. This is going to help some of y'all because I want to show you. I'm going to show you it's not as bad as, as, uh, as it felt Wednesday night. It's not as bad as it felt Wednesday night. I know it felt bad. I know it felt rough. I know it felt rough. It felt rough coming out of my mouth. See, see the thing about God, see, the, listen, 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 God knows where you are. The problem is we didn't know where we were. We think in the wilderness, we going on. I'm going with Jesus all the way. He said, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I got to get you out first. I got I to deal with Pharaoh first. Then we can go on. Now listen, listen, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how to say this strong enough, but God has put an anointing on my life to deliver people out of financial bondage. I hate poverty. I testified you last, last week about all the shame I went through in my poverty. The shame of foreclosures, the shame of repossessions, the shame of bankruptcy, the shame of cards getting declined in front of people. That's, that's shameful. And I hate what, it, what poverty does. What it makes people do, how it makes people have to resort to all kind of stuff. I hate it. And I'm going to just tell you something. I'm just tell you something. Well, I... I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm trying to be Afrocentric, but I want you to understand. <laughs> you know, Afro-Americans already started way behind. And if Afro-Americans think the desire education is going to bring us over, we're in trouble. Oh, if we think if we think being a basketball star gonna bring us over, cause ain't but thirty teams. Ain't but twelve spots on these roster. So do the math, and everybody can't sing and dance at the same time with your clothes off. You, you, can't, you can't do that. So, so, so faith and the blessing, the word, the kingdom levels the playing field so that anybody, whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For the same Lord overall, Romans 10 verse 12, is rich to all who call upon him. Got it? All right, now. Uh, let's go to, to Exodus 13, because what I'm going to show you today is, as I kept digging, 
is that some of you are in the wilderness, but you're you at the edge. Exodus 13. Y'all got time for this today? Yes. We got a long weekend, don't we? Yes. We, could, we could do this all night, couldn't we? And the kids out of school Tuesday too, they shut it down. They scared of a storm. Hey, when I when I, when I, when I was we were, we were, we were, I was talking to my to my, to the to the Gucci guy yesterday. He said, oh, you know, he's got an accident. He said, you know, we we it's be a great weekend, you know, that storm move. I said, I said, yeah, we got rid of it. That's all, I just told him. I said, yeah, we got rid of it. So he said, I said, I said we got rid of it. I took authority over that storm. I know what man of man I am. I'm not your everyday preacher preaching what he don't know. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I said, I took care of it. <laughs> Are you there? Exodus 13, verse 17. Now, above it, my Bible calls this the wilderness way. Now, watch this. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. So, oh, we see now they're coming out of Egypt. Now, some of y'all can rejoice at this here. That God did not lead them by the way, by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, would have been closer to go that way to get to the promised land. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war, when they deal with tribulation. He know what happened when tribulation comes, people draw back. He said, and return to Egypt. Now watch this. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. They went up out of the land, say land. land. Underline if you got a, got a pen, land of Egypt. Verse 19, and Moses took the bones of Joseph, or Rabbishika. Moses took the bones of Joseph, who was a prophet, with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under Solomon, saying, God will bring you a year of visitation. Some of y'all caught it, the rest of y'all, but he will bring you a year, a time of visitation. He said, God will surely visit you, and when he visits you, he said, you're going you, you to get out, but you're going to carry my bones from here with you. Take me with you. Don't, don't leave my bones back in here. Get me out of here. I may not get there with you. But don't leave my bones back here. Verse 20, you there? So they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. You ought to write that down. The edge of the wilderness. Now I want everybody to underline it. Some of you are there, not all of you. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of clouds to lead the, by the, lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from the, before the people. He led them. But notice where they are. They camped 
at the edge. Somebody say the edge. Now notice what it said back here, verse 18. Verse 18. Y'all stick with me because it's going to bless 20% of y'all. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks, in divine order. That means somebody had to be out front leading them. Oh, Jesus. So, pastors go out. Orderly ranks would be what should be flight leaders. And just keep my eyes closed. Let's keep my eyes closed. Let's keep my eyes closed here. Flight leaders ought to be coming out next. Because you can't take somebody anywhere where you're not willing to go. Now notice it says he led them or they, they went out in orderly, orderly ranks out of the what? Land of Egypt. So they're out of the land and they are at the edge of the wilderness. Now at the edge is a good place to be. Because they, they, they're, they're right there. Close by the, the wilderness. They're at the edge. They're at the edge of what the church say we are. No lack, no debt. On our way to the promised land. When you're at the edge, you can see something. I see what I left. I don't yet see where I'm going. But I know where I'm going. It's going to be better than what I left. But I'm just at the edge. I'm out of the land. Everybody say land. All right, now, this is important. Hold on. Hold on to your britches here. Don't push me. I'm close. That's what you ought to tell the devil. Hey, devil, don't push me. I'm close to the edge. I, I'm, I, might, I might go sow a crazy seed and just, I'm, I might go just go obey God and do something just crazy. Don't push me, dumb devil. I'm close to the edge. Now, when you're at the edge, you're out of the land, but you're not in the wilderness yet. But you're getting, you're close. And somebody here can rejoice because I'm telling you, you're at the edge. Now, Egypt, lack and debt. So they're out of the land of Egypt. But they're at the edge of the wilderness. Now let's go back. We didn't read earlier, but we must read this right now. Go to Exodus 3 and verse 7 and 8. Exodus 3 and verse 7 and 8. 
This is God when God first talks to Moses. Exodus 3, verse You're going to catch this here. Yes, sir. You're going to catch this. You're going to like this. You're going to like this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression. That word oppression is the Hebrew word oni, O-I-N-Y, which means affliction, poverty, and misery. It means affliction, poverty, and misery. God said, I've seen the affliction of my people, the poverty of my people, the misery of my people. God knows that poverty is miserable. I wish I could have all a black church in St. Pete hear me today. God knows all he knows poverty is miserable. When you can't pay your bills. When you can't run the air conditioning in Florida. And you got five people trying to share one bathroom, that's miserable. He said, and have heard their cry because of their, because of their, now taskmasters rule over who? Slaves. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 22 says the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, I'm, again, you, you can be saved and sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, go to heaven with debt, but you are a slave to your lender. And you got to build them bricks. I, 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 I can't take off work. I got I to build some bricks. I owe, I owe. Off to build them bricks, I go. can't go eat a ribeye whenever you want to go eat a ribeye. Why? Wow, you got to build them bricks. Y'all okay? So he says, I've seen their, their, their oppression, affliction, poverty, misery, and have heard their cry, folk crying because of debt. Well, I ain't crying because of my debt. I can pay my bills. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. I'm not talking to you. If you're comfortable, just stay there. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to folk who don't want to be in Egypt, who want to pass through the wilderness and get to the promised land. Because I'm telling you that if you're going to stay in debt, you are not in the promised land. You are not in the wilderness. You are in Egypt. Not, they were God's people still. They were still his people. He just didn't want them there. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw this in here for free. You know what he told Moses, Sister Garrett, Minister Garrett? I can call you that for a little while longer. He said, he, well, it's going to change, ain't it? He said, yeah, it's going to change. So he said, he said, so he said, uh, he, he said, uh, uh, tell the children of Israel, he said, he said, uh, Moses, Tell Pharaoh that when, when uh, I, my people got to come out of Egypt so they can go worship me. He said, tell Pharaoh I got to bring my people out of Egypt lacking debt so they can go worship me. 
You go back and study the book of Acts. It says, tell him so he can go worship me. Implication is, no man can serve two masters. Either you're going to love the one and hate the other or cleave to one and despise the other. You can't worship God and mammon. So he said, they got to leave Egypt so they can come worship. Oh, they, they were part of playing, praying. They were praying in Egypt. Yeah, they were praying in Egypt. But they weren't free to worship in Egypt. Once they come out of Egypt, now they can worship me. Man, 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 oh man. This is some good preaching right here today. Pastor, I don't mind that. It's okay. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying you are not free to worship God. That's what, that's, those are God's words. Tell Pharaoh they got to come out to worship me. So Pharaoh was like, they didn't work, they didn't worship. Tell them to go over that field over there. They didn't go in that field and worship. He said, no, 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 no. They got to come out to worship me. Chew on that. When you chew on your turkey wings today, chew on that. You got turkey wings with a side of revelation today. So Exodus 3, 7, he says, for I know their sorrows. Sorrows, that word sorrow is the same word that we see in the book of Proverbs 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he has no sorrow with it. No toil. So I know their toil, their struggle. They, they, it's hard work making all them bricks to serve your slave master. Now watch verse 8. And do I have any edge people? Anybody here living on the edge? Verse 8. So I have come down. Now, did God come, did God come down? No, he sent Moses. But implication is, I have come down to you, Moses, to deliver them out of the, right, underline that, hand. I'm, I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to help you celebrate. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with, there it is, milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. All them other people who possess the land currently. Somebody else, somebody else owned the condo now, but I'm going to give it. Somebody else owned the jet now. Somebody else owned the... The mansion now, I'm gonna give you their land. How I know? You read Psalm 104 down near the end, uh, there, verse 44, somewhere down there, and the NIV it says that they inherited the land that others had toiled for. So the Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, all them folk, they toil for this. He said, but I'm gonna just give it to you. I can't give it to you back there. I gotta, I gotta bring you out of there. To give you over, over here. Y'all got it? Now notice, I want you to see two rhyming words we see here. Hand and land. I'm going to help all the folk on the edge. Hand and land. So we saw 
that they had come, remember back in Exodus 13, about the edge of the wilderness. Yes. Get Exodus 13, 17 back on the screen real quick. Y'all just, y'all just look up here. They'll, they'll help us. Me, they'll help y'all. They're fascinating, y'all. <laughs> Exodus 13, 17. Go, go, to, go to verse 18 here. Let's jump right into it. 18. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's coming. I'm going through that chapter. Y'all, y'all know how I work. I can, change, I can go to verse 1. Just throw the whole thing up there. Verse Somebody got it? I'm reading your Bible. So God led the people around, around the land. Okay, look at, look at it at the end. Went up in orderly ranks out of the land. Out of the land. Now go back to Exodus 3, verse 8. So they're out of the land at the edge. But God had promised to not just bring them out of the land, but to bring them from out of the hand. I'm going I'm to I'm show you, help you identify where you are. If you, and I'm only talking to a select group of people today. If you have already committed in your heart, God, I'm coming out of debt. I will not live in that debt-borrowing Babylonian-Egyptian system. I will not have any part of it. That's not your best. I'm coming out and I'm staying out. If you have already done that, you are already out of the land. You are at the edge. Do I have anybody here that's your declaration? I'm, God, I, when I come out, I'm staying out. When I come out, I ain't going back. I don't want nothing to do no more with that debt barring like Egyptian Babylonian system. When I come out, I'm going to stay out of here. You are out of the land already. You ought to give God a big shout about that right now. Only problem is you're not out of the hand. Who are out of the land? I want to see your hands. You're out of the land. All right. All right. All right. Okay. You're out of the land. Good. You're on the edge. I still owe $100,000 mate. You out of the land. I just bought a house. I owe $200,000 for it. You, if you made a decision. See, once you see yourself, once you make a decision, God already sees you out. That's why he said to Moses in Exodus 3 verse 7, he says, I have come down to deliver. You can't deliver yourself. It'll take you 30 years to pay it off. He can do it in three years. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I got 72 months on a car. God can do it in 72 weeks. He ain't mad at you, but if you listen to him, he'll bring you out and then show you how to next time. Next time, I'm going to walk on a lot and say, bam, there it is. We're talking about God. You know the one who made the whole universe? That God? The maker of heaven and earth? That's what the Bible says in Psalm 115. May the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. The Lord who made heaven and earth, that, that's the God that's going to increase you. The one that made all this right here, he's going to increase you. So, 
Oh, the baker. You're at the edge. Out of the land, but not out of the hand. But if God can get you out of the land, he can get you out of the hand. Go to Exodus 14. Let's let's watch. I'm just with, I'm just I'm gonna probably wrap up at just the introduction today. We're just gonna finish at the introduction. Cause this is just introduction. I'll probably just stop at just the introduction. Cause somebody gonna be ready to dance around this place in a minute. Because you you are close. Listen, listen, here the key is this. I'm gonna show you this here. You, you, you can't retreat. You can't draw back. You can't draw back. You're already out the land. Yeah, these payments, boy, these things are so hard. It's, I still got 40 years left on this thing. It don't matter, God, it don't matter how long you got on it. When God said, I'm going to rid you, snatch you. Exodus 14, mm-hmm. verse 10. Verse 10. Now, y'all with me on here? Yes. Now, by now, the children are out of the land. Uh-huh. Right? Yes, Remember, that was Exodus 13. We saw yes. they were at the edge. Yes. This is the next chapter. Yes. Chapter 14, mm-hmm. verse 10. Verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them. They don't want you to leave. Why they pursue them? Y'all are all our brick makers. Wait, wait, that's, 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 wait a minute. We let let all our brick makers go. We can't let our brick makers go. That's that's how we prop up our corporation. That's how we build all our our beautiful headquarters. That's how we finance our lavish lifestyle by all our brick makers that's borrowing everything every month. Listen, listen. I can't, I can't, I, I can't say what I was going to say. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it down. You're looking at a debt-free man. You're going to say something else. Now, I ain't debt free because I never had debt. I had plenty of debt. My wife and I had plenty of debt. More debt than most of y'all can even imagine. Yeah, we had more personal debt than the church had. But the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. I know the Lord. I'm singing to somebody. We'll make a way. Yes, he will. He'll make a way for me and for you. The Lord will see me safely through. I know the Lord. Yeah, we'll make a way. Oh, yeah.
Yes, you will. You say back in the day, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Yes. Oh, yes, you will. Yes. <laughs> I don't care how deep in debt you are. I don't care how far like you are. God will make a way. Yes, he will. He's no respecter of persons. Anybody. 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 Sit down. You can't draw back. So the Egyptians pursued them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Phi, I'm sorry, beside uh, Pi-Haharoth before Baal-Zephon. That was pretty good. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. Now this is the time you, they want to draw back here. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Tell your neighbor you can't draw back. Now watch what happens when pressure comes on you. We're about to see a pressure reaction here. Then they said to pastor, because there were no graves in Egypt, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness? See what they're thinking? They're thinking they come out here to die. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? They're already out of Egypt, and now they're freaking out. They're already out. But what they can still feel is the pressure of the hand. Watch this, verse 12. Ain't this what we told you? <laughs> Pastor, stop preaching all that. Leave us alone. That we may serve the Egyptians. Serve. See, you don't just live in Egypt. You serve. You don't just live there. You serve. You can't serve two masters. Watch this. Watch this resolve, D. This is not how people should think. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. They would rather live as slaves than to die free. I mean, in their mind, they're going to die. I'm not saying they're going to die, but in their mind, they're going to die. And, but for them, they'd rather live as slaves and to die free. I'm just not like that. Give me liberty or give me death. I'd much rather be free. Y'all okay? Verse 13. <laughs> and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. 
You're going to be all right. Stand still and see the salvation, victory, deliverance of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. So when I come out, I'm coming out and I'm staying out. And when I'm done, I pay them off. I'm, I ain't going back to it no more. I will see them no more again forever. The Lord is right there in verse 14. We'll fight for you. The Lord. Be still, God will fight your battles. Victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battle. Victory, victory shall be mine. Even in your finances. Now remember now, edge of the wilderness. Out of the land, but not out of the hand. So God's got to deal with this here. Because he's not going to give a word and not finish the word. Look down at please at verse uh, 27. I don't want to lose y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 26. Verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back on the Egyptians, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. So he go, this is what he's doing. He's he going to swallow up the creditors. Because remember, at this point, they're, 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 the creditors, they're not just the slaves, but they have their stuff. Think about the women, man. The women back in Egypt, they, they said, wait a minute, I just gave her all my, all my chunk. She got off. Wait a minute. Pharaoh get our stuff. Now, something you got to know this is a side note that Egypt, Egypt didn't have their own wealth. Egypt's wealth came from the children of Israel and the world. They were in a famine. Go back to the book of Genesis. And God put one of his children, Joseph, in there. Joseph was a type of Jesus. So it wasn't really Egypt's, it was Joseph's. It wasn't really Egypt's, it was God's people from the beginning. The Egyptians had just taken all their stuff. So God, when he's trying to bring you to a promised land, he's really just trying to bring you into and give you what actually is already yours.
All right, verse 27. And Moses stretched out his hand. How many of y'all at the edge and you're not going back? I need to know who. Okay, because I'm, I'm, I'm about to tell you something. I'm about to tell you something. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth. Depth. You need to put that in, the, in, in there. Uh, highlight that, underline. The sea returned to its full depth. While the Egyptians were fleeing into it, so the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Now, you understand that this is how God wiped out the company that they owed the money to. You follow what I'm saying in their, in their mind. This is how God, the company, we can't even find the account no more. We can't even find the company no more. I can tell you that works. God, God he did so many of us. So, so much of our debt that we owed, we went back, hey, okay, let's pay all this stuff, and we go call them. We can't find, we can't find no account. What's your name? Huh? Social Security number? Boom. Who? Did you ever have? Yes, I know I owed y'all. It's on my, on we don't, it, is, it don't exist no more. Or you call in, the company don't exist. And you, you trace them down, the companies don't exist no more. But I want you to see this, though, for all the edge people. God, it said the sea returned to its full depth. Now, how did they get across the sea? on dry ground because God opened it up. Now they're over here. So what God does is close it back. He didn't just destroy the enemy, but it's closed so now you can't go back. Now to go back, you have to force your way. You have to, you have to do it on your own. You have to come up with your own way, your own methodology, your own wisdom. You got to figure out now how to, a way to get back in there because God said, once I bring you out, I don't want you going back. So I make sure it returns to its full depth. And you never again read in the Bible anywhere where God opened the Red Sea again. Once he opened and closed it, that's it. You'll die trying to get back. Now, some of y'all know the story. You keep reading the book of Numbers. They get up there. There's a place where they got all frustrated. And they said, hey, let's get us somebody. Let's go back. They wanted to go back. Trying to make himself get. Let's get us a leader who ain't preaching this stuff here. Let's get a leader. Let's go back over there. Because it's easier over there. Let's do it this way. How are they going to get back? You're going to die trying. You're going to try to build a, a highway, a bridge. You're going to get you some rafts or something. So I'm only talking to those people who when you out the land and when God bring you out the hand, you ain't going to force yourself back over there. Y'all got it? Yes. Verse 29. 29. 29. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on the left. Verse 30. Verse 30. Verse 30. Are you there? Y'all ready to shout one good time? So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand 
that you're already out of the land. But this day the Lord said, I'm saving you out of the hand of the Egyptians. And they saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Dead, and he had promised you'll see them no more again forever. So once you cut his throat, God said, "Uh." -uh. Now, if you if you trying to do it by working it to pay it off by by work, you're gonna see it again. You heard what I said. You're going to do it by your little work and your little budget and what you can do on your own. You're going to see it again. Because the reason you're in the, in the first place is pressure, and the pressure is going to come again, and you're going to be right back there again. You're going to do it on your own. But if you get into a supernatural mechanism, a supernatural way of coming out, then you will never again sit because God will fight for you. You will hold your peace. Got so much to tell you. You'll come back Wednesday? Y'all ain't gonna go trying to escape no hurricane, are you? God wants you out. So now when Moses says to them in, in uh, Deuteronomy 2.7 that all this time you've been here, you lack nothing, you not only did you lack nothing, but you had no more debt. Right. 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 And he says, and this is just the wilderness. Wow. Can you only imagine then what the promised land is going to be like? If in the wilderness you're debt free, if in the wilderness you lack nothing? In the wilderness, they lived on supernatural supply. In, in Egypt, they had, they had uh, calculated everything. They knew leeks, onions, melons, cucumbers, uh, fish, meat pots. They could always tabulate. Here's what we're going to have. Da, 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 da. But in the wilderness, they saw supernatural supply from God. If you're not yet seeing supernatural supply, you're in Egypt. That's hard to swallow. But if you're doing it based on what your paycheck can do, you are living in Egypt. Everything about your life is calculated. This is what we can afford. You are in Egypt. In the wilderness, they couldn't calculate. You had to walk in trust. Every day. Matter of fact, he would tell them when, they, when he sent the manna, he said, don't go out there getting nothing for tomorrow. You don't trust me, I'm going to take care of you tomorrow too? See, he wanted to get you to a place 
where you can just walk out and trust him. In the wilderness. And that's where he's going to train you. In this wilderness. Because when you get to the promised land, the man are going to stop too. When you get to the promised land, it's going to be crops coming up all the time. Be harvest coming up all the time in the promised land. See, we ain't, we ain't even seen the promised land. We, man, we're so far from the promised land. But some of you are in the wilderness right now. Some of you are at the edge. But I got good news for you. He's about to deliver you out of the hand of the Egyptians. And the enemies you have seen today, you will see them no more again forever. Y'all got that? All right, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. That's the introduction. And review. When you hear and respond to a prophetic voice, you will be delivered out of financial bondage into prosperity. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God sets the solitary in, fam in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. They were bound in Egypt. Because he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Amen. But the rebellious. Well, this is, I'm just going to do it this way. Okay, that's fine. Do it on the dry land. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to get you over here. Oh, man. I've been here before, right here in this, this moment. I've been right here. I'm seeing this again. Praise God. I want to get you to this place of abundance. You come Wednesday night, I'm going to teach you this and make it clear to you that until you live in abundance, you will have no respect from the heathen. Stand on your feet. Until you move into abundance, you will have no respect from the world. Hallelujah. I'll show you this Wednesday night. When you move over into abundance, you will command respect. You don't want to try to get them to respect you. You're going to respect me. People, people today, they try to, you're going to respect me. They're going to be, be loud and hard. You're going to respect me. When you live in abundance, the Bible, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you this, but it says, when you lack nothing, you command the respect of the heathen. That's where God's taking you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody okay with that? You received that? Yes, sir. Now, I know you didn't shout and run around and flip over your chair and all that kind of stuff. But 
you heard something today. And you can make a choice here. God told Ezekiel, his prophet, he said, I'm sending you to a rebellious house. I'm not calling y'all rebellious. I'm just telling you this. This is how he described it. He said, I'm sending you to a rebellious house. He said, you can give him my word. He said, whether they hear you or forbear or whether they resist you, he said, they will know that a prophet has been among them. So God knows that when he sends a prophetic word that you have a choice to hear it or a choice to reject it, to forbear it. But he says, you're going to know because time will tell. Your life will tell. Everything about you and, and the outcome will tell you that, man, that was a prophet speaking that day. It wasn't just somebody trying to give advice and be in my business, trying to run my life. No, that's somebody speaking from the mouth of God. And I know I'm speaking from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. I want you to understand what great things the Lord has in store and planned for you and what great things the Lord wants to do in your life and through your life. Hallelujah. Thank you. And the first thing he will do after saving your soul is bring you out of lack. The first thing he wants to do is bring you out of lack. You saved. You got, you got eternity set. Okay, now let's bring you out of lack so I can, I can use you and manifest my goodness uh, to you and then if you allow, through you. Amen. Now, Father God, today we receive the word, and I pray that, Father, again, that your people have had hearing ears and seeing eyes, perceiving hearts, and that, Lord, the word has fallen upon good ground, good ground to produce, to bear fruit, to bring forth some 30, some 60, and dare we save in a hundredfold return on the word. I pray, Father, that your people today will have an honest evaluation and assessments of wherever we are so we know, Lord, we're not fooling ourselves, but we're honest about where we are and honest about what our, what our real intent is. Some, Lord, may choose to stay in lack, may choose to stay in debt. That's okay. We know you'll love everybody the same. You'll, you'll keep them and you'll Continue to take care of them. But Lord, for those who desire to come out and to stay out, I'm asking you, Father, that just like you did for me, just like you did for Kim, just like you did for this ministry, just like you did for our spiritual parents and many others, that, God, you deliver them out with a strong right hand out of not just the land of Egypt, but out of the hand of the Egyptians. That the enemies that they see now today, they will see them no more again forever. Open the Red Sea that they may pass through. Ha, ha, ha. Your word says, by faith, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea 
while others drowned. Hebrews 11. God, let it be that by faith, not by our low budget, not by our low works, but by faith that your people pass through the Red Sea and move into even that wilderness where there's lack of nothing. And God, that they will not be like those ones in the wilderness, Father, who overthrown. But even those who in the wilderness who said that we are well able to possess the land and that we will go into the fullness of what you have for us, your people to enjoy, experience, and to live out all of our days. I decree that blessing. I decree that favor. And as your prophet, I decree today that God, it will not be long, not be many days from now, that they will come in testifying again and 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 again of debts being paid, deliverance being wrought, victory being won in the name of Jesus. That they will testify of supernatural deliverance by your mighty hand. And think of that, God, your people testify of supernatural supply. That, God, it'll go way beyond our jobs, way beyond our investments, way beyond anything of this natural world. Beyond our, our education, beyond any of those things, into what you can do, what you will do for your people. We receive this all with thanksgiving and joy. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Give God a grant of praise if you receive that today.